You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, White Sox fans, guess what? It's not Monday, but we are still doing, we did not let a Southside Sox on the farm podcast slip by doing a little bit later in the week, but we're doing it. It's Darren. Black. And once again, it's with Darren Black. Darren, yep. thank you. It's not a Monday, but I call and you picked up. Yep. I'm here to talk minors. Like always. Sweet. Only minors. No White Sox. Mm-mm. No college. Just the minors. Uh, okay. We do have a few highlights to address. It might not be the longest program this week, but we'll see. We'll see how long we go. Let's talk first, Darren, about, uh, I guess you could say, a blow to the system, given that the starting pitching, really even the low minors at this point, is not deep. Uh, starting pitching, thank God the White Sox rotation has been as, as intact and strong as it's been this season because there's just not a lot of reinforcement at all. And one of the two possible reinforcements in case there was an injury, Jonathan Stever, it's been reported he's injured. There's some varying reports, but it does seem like the, the injury is very significant, certainly significant enough for him not to pitch again this year. White Sox are saying he'll be ready for spring training. Seems like that might not be the case, but let's not get into too much unofficial stuff. Uh, give us your capsule on what Stever did this year. What are you struggling with? I know it's sort of not a big loss because he probably wasn't going to mm-hmm. be the first guy called up, but still that's depth. They don't have. Yeah. Um, he was probably in the mix uh, to be one of the two guys to uh, be put on the team in September, but probably wasn't going to mm-hmm. he's behind a few other guys and um, they already have kind of two starters up there with the Sox right now and Lopez and Wright. Um, but yeah, I mean, he was really struggling all season. 
Um, it, it was odd with him because most of the pitchers we think of that have been struggling this year, they're just walking a bunch of people. Yeah. Um, in this case, he was, his walks were actually lower than what he was doing in 2020. Um, not as good as he was in 2019, but that was an A ball. So AAA and MLB, much different than that. Um, but he was just getting hit hard. Like, And if you're getting hit hard at AAA, you're not going to survive because they're actually um, major league guys there. Um, he's got a 3.30 BABIP, not really getting a lot of grounders. So he just wasn't good. And Jimmy Lambert was getting the uh, chances ahead of him because he was a bit better. Um. Uh, I think we've probably discussed this before, and thankfully we only have about a month, five weeks left in the regular season. So at some point the clock runs out, we don't have to worry, but this gears up the tension regarding the rotation just a little bit more. As you point out, you've got Ronaldo Lopez. I guess technically you've got a a Garrett Crochet. You've got Michael Kopech, guys who could stretch out a little bit, I guess technically even uh, Danny Wright um, or Mike Wright or whichever Wright he is. I'm wrong, I'm sure. Uh, but I mean, I, I guess if there's a significant starting injury, it's just, you know, forget it. The Sox are in trouble, uh, but they just, they're not really built to withstand too much adversity in the starting rotation. Yeah. They, they clearly were able to do it, uh, with the outfield, um, that they had with like third string guys out there playing every day. Um, but pitching, starting pitching, especially was always a little, um, less depth there, uh, mostly because the, again, the guys that are good are up in the majors again with Giolito. Um, and then other guys that we thought would work out, uh, like maybe a Spencer Adams from a while ago or right. Jimmy Lambert, Jonathan Stever just were not good enough and couldn't push the, that's why they got Lance Lynn because those guys couldn't prove they were doing it. Um, and then obviously Kopech stayed in the bullpen. They've got, um, I don't know, because Kopech's been in the bullpen this year, same with Crochet. I don't know how many innings they're going to have with for them next year, so you've always got to think of that in the back of your head. Um, they've already extended Lynn. Um, I mean, if they're not going to re-sign Rodon, which probably just kind of seems like the point of why they signed Lynn to not re-sign Rodon, mm-hmm. um, then I think one of those guys, Lambert receiver, will be starting. Um, obviously, you've got to give the edge to Lambert because Stever, you know, his labrum yeah. is hurt. Those are important. Yeah. 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 Shifting to uh, Lambert. Have you seen, um, I mean, both, both of those guys uh, say your primary triple A starters, guys who, 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 who would have gotten calls. Renato Lopez being such a weird wild card. It seems like he's on upswing now, but I mean, those are the two guys you're going to count on as uh, perhaps long-term starters or even spot guys for take a couple starts. Uh, Lambert probably was ahead before this injury and he probably was the, the guy sort of your sixth starter in a sense. And certainly the first guy to come up out of the minors. Has he, um, normalized? I mean, he struggled this year, but it seems like he was on a little bit more of an uptick than Jonathan Stever was uh, at this point. Uh, yeah, he, so he, his, his innings has always been, always been weird. Stever has just pitched a lot more and it goes deeper and deeper in innings. Um, like Lambert will have these like two inning starts and be taken out just cause that's just where his inning limit is. Right. Um, and he still, whatever he gets into the, uh, the second order in the rotation, that's really when he starts struggling mm-hmm. a ton that usually happens with any pitcher. Well, not usually it always happens. Um, but some can just mitigate it a little bit less. Um, Lambert obviously can't, but he, he's been fine lately, like nothing special, but he's also in this weird limbo of getting 
like spot starts, well, like whenever the Sox need it. So he's just pushed back. He's kind of toyed with, um, which isn't always great for development, but you got to do what you got to do for. So, at, at this point, Darren, then again, I, this is certainly I dwell on the negative because the White Sox rotation has been lights out. It's They've been extraordinary and beyond anybody's hopes this yeah. year. But really at this point, even with Ronaldo Lopez on an upswing, the White Sox literally do not have more than five guys who could be treated as, and that's with Rodon healthy, more than five guys who are actual true starters. Anywhere. Yeah. There is not a sixth guy they can call up that they can say, here's the ball, give us five innings or give us six innings. Yeah, and I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean, the reason why we're like saying like, oh, it's so great for the White Sox. Well, this is this is the Miners podcast, and they're not really that great. Like, <laughs> none yeah. of them, even the guys that we thought should be good, yeah, like Dahlquist, Kelly, yeah. and uh, Thompson, were really bad this year. Like the pitching yeah. has just been really bad. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing you can do about that. Maybe last year of no games really hurt the young guys, which I can see being being the case, especially for yeah. people that barely pitched uh, either in college or high school before they were even drafted. Maybe they had a year and a half off. Like, yeah, it's really hard to come back from. And Darren, the one guy that you could have said, even though he wasn't in position to take the six spot, but the one guy you said could have consistently given you that five or six and had a strong year from the start. Don't know what he's done with his new team, but they traded him. That was Connor Pilkington. So again, whether you project him to be a you yeah. know, major league starter or not, he was the one guy you could have reasonably said, even more than Kay McClure, who's had ups and downs this year. Uh, Taylor Varnell's had ups and downs. And, and of course, he's just begun to, to scratch Birmingham. Uh, that one guy is actually gone. The one healthy guy, the one guy you might have actually said, let's give him the ball because we're desperate because two, two guys got injured. He's gone. So, uh, all right, before we take a break, let's uh, talk about one more guy in Charlotte. And that is a much happier, happier topic. And it is the Romy Gonzalez experience. Uh, some say Romy, some say Rami. I'm going to stick with Romy. I don't know why, because you say Rami, but okay. Our Gonzalez has just set the system on fire. A guy who wasn't even a shortstop in 2019 now takes over shortstop as his primary position. Isn't doing great, but he isn't exactly uh, completely fumbling it. Uh, has basically been good in every aspect of the game. Then gets his call up to Charlotte and goes bananas. I think he was at, at 1.7 for 10 with with power hits, not just singles. Yeah. Uh, he's, 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 he's plummeted probably to just like 500 now or whatever, but uh, he's hit the ground running in Charlotte. He's a guy who clearly, as you point out in, in the, uh, in the weekly update uh, in print on site uh, is a guy who has a site clearly set uh, for uh, the major league roster next year. We'll see if these sentences can continue, but give me some feedback on, on what this guy's done and, and how much he's um, surprised you with what he's done this year, getting up to Charlotte and playing well. Yeah, well, his whole entire season has been really surprising in general. Um, just going off of uh, what he was doing in 2019, like he had a fine season. It was okay. He struck out a lot. He walked a lot. Um, but this like power surge that he had, that he has right now, is, has not even been remotely on anybody's radar. Like he's a 2020 guy this year. Um, some of the 20 is just uh, new rules, uh, but he's also um, – like actually hitting like <laughs> the amount of pull that he's getting. Um, he's not really, he's hitting a lot of ground balls still, which maybe could be a, like a problem if you're looking at his home run per fly ball rate, like it's, it's 30, it was 30% in double a, and that's not fantastic. Uh, but it was just such over a long period of games that he's pretty clear. He has pretty clearly has a lot of power. 
he just kind of needs to shore up his swing and zone uh, a little bit uh, to get more of that oomph to get more balls in play going high line drives fly balls compared to the grounders that he's hitting um but yeah he i next year seems to be the year that finally leary garcia will leave <laughs> um and if there's anybody that's going to replace him it's going to be gonzalez just yeah. from how he's been doing this season and danny mendick has not stepped up at all this year mm-hmm. so he would be the logical next choice to take up that spot Okay, Darren, we have a theme running, but we've just begun that theme. We are going to pick the theme back up on the other side of the break. We're going to take a quick one out here on Southside Sox on the Farm Podcast number 15 with Darren Black. We'll be back in just a minute. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, that minute's up. Repping the Montreal Expos. Shout out to former Southside Sox honcho Jim Margulis. Uh, love that you're stealing his gig, Darren. Go for it. All right. Uh, repping the Montreal Expos. It is Darren Black with me. He's our main primary tireless whatever expert, whatever you want to call him. Pick an adjective. It doesn't have to be a really nice one. It can be like a mundane one, but uh, yeah. pick what adjective you wish. It's Darren Black. He's he's on for well, yeah, roughly half, I don't know, three days a week, minor league updates, weeklies, monthlies, podcasts, uh, wardrobe changes with hats, uh, venue changes for podcasts. Uh, you love it. Uh, he's, he's a total package, the triple threat. Uh, we were talking about a trend that you brought out in the latest weekly update, and that is the White Sox don't have a lot of guys doing well at the minor league level. Uh, we have some guys who have sort of been the four A's, the burgers and the sheets who've gone up, done well. Uh, they're back down with Charlotte, still doing well. Those guys you almost don't count as part of the organization. They're almost now with the Sox, even though they're, they still have rookie status. Uh, but really pitching wise, I think you already addressed they're basically nothing <laughs> and position player wise, not a ton, certainly not a ton who will be with the team and the organization in 2022. Uh, but the three guys who have really stood out as best. We talked about one that's Romy Rami Gonzalez at Charlotte, who's been brought up to Charlotte. Let's talk about a couple more. It's sort of nice that we're not talking about DHs or first baseman as the position of strength of the White Sox, but it's middle infield. So let's move on to uh, Yobert Sanchez, a guy who hasn't really hit, didn't even hit at the start of this season, but he's really picked it up in Birmingham. I'm presuming his fielding's still pretty stellar, given that's uh, sort of been his part and parcel. Uh, but this is a guy who now is going from maybe – uh, a fringe utility guy to you know, to maybe at least there's an ellipsis there where you're like, well, who knows? Maybe there could be something more here because he's showing something in Birmingham that you might not have anticipated. Yeah. Well, in general, whenever someone goes and hits in Birmingham, that's pretty um, like an exciting thing. Uh, I don't know 
maybe this year's just different because it seems like a lot of people have been hitting in Birmingham. Birmingham's the only team doing anything, and they're hitting too. Yeah. They, they must have the 2019 MLB balls, <laughs> yeah. and they're just not going to have a great offensive season right. next year. Right. Something they, like they've that. got a humidor. They've got some weird supplements yeah. that are still like they're sketchy. Very, uh, yeah, right, right. But um, just what, what I look out for when someone gets a promotion, obviously you look at batting average, homers, ISO, and stuff like that, but always look at walks and um, strikeout rate because uh, if you, you kind of expect them to go up, um, and if they go down or are better because you want uh, higher walks or more walks, um, then that's just a surprising and a surprisingly good thing. Right now, he has a very uh, Nick Madrigal kind of plate discipline with a strikeout rate under 10% and then a walk rate under 5%. Um, I don't, his walks probably aren't going to stay that low, um, but that K rate for him is where you especially want it because if he is going to be a major league ball player, you want it to be in the eight to 12. Well, of course you want it to be better than what it mm-hmm. is. Um, but like maybe max 12, 13, 14%. That's kind of where you want him to be uh, because of the type of player he is uh, not much power in there. There probably will never be much power in there, but if the guy that can actually hit 300 or so 280, 300 um, and get on base with a little bit of a walk rate with fantastic defense, like it's a fantastic uh, bench utility guy there that can play second, short, and third. Yeah, um, uh, but yeah. unlike unlike uh, you, Darren, I, I'm dumb. But uh, I guess what I look at is when these guys are getting promoted and then they're actually stepping up. They seem like they're finding enough gear, and I know that's a version of what yep. you're saying. But just the eye test type of stuff when they're actually maybe not even just holding. Uh, what they were doing, but actually maybe stepping it up. And we've, we've seen that in, I mean, in a very short sample size with uh, Gonzalez, but we've seen it with Sanchez. It's like, well, hold on. Uh, you like having your head turned in that way. Cause it's like, yeah. this is something we didn't, we, you know, it, it lets you dream a little bit. It's nice in this system, which I think recently, yeah. I don't know, it was MLB, MLB pipeline, whoever was said we're the worst. Yeah. So yeah, it's not great. But, this year is um, so just based off pure deserving to be promoted. There hasn't been a ton, but when people have been promoted, they have been doing well because they've actually deserved to be promoted. Mm-hmm. So again, Gilbert Sanchez is doing better than he did in single A. Uh, through a week and a half, Jose Rodriguez is doing better than he did in low A, and Yoki Cespedes through a week is doing better than he did um, at high A um, compared to double A. So there's just like a lot of guys that are just doing well because they're just good. And yeah. there's not a big, huge amount of that. But for a team that wants to keep the window open, then you've got to look at these lower levels and see who is going to be that next bench guy, maybe starter um, come the later years. Yeah. Uh, Rodriguez was going to be the third guy we're going to talk about to keep the theme going. But boy, we've talked about Jose Rodriguez a lot and he deserves it. He seems like he's running away with our <laughs> minor league player of the year in terms of our MVP votes. Uh, he's got a very healthy lead there and there's not that much season left. Uh, oh, you know, wait, I want to mention because Jose did play for Canapolis this year. I feel like you figured out your, your, the cleverness of your prediction that the Canapolis Cannonballers would win the second half because apparently there isn't a second half. Apparently it's just a full season. And so technically Darren, you're right. They are tied for first in the second half that won't be played. So very clever. You're correct. I didn't think you were going to be correct, but you are correct in your prediction. Nicely done. Uh, but let's skip Jose because we talk about him all the time. He's awesome. I'm uh, super high on him. You seem a, a, a shade less 
high, but still pretty high on him. Uh, you can't argue with the guy's done, and we'll be talking about him next week yeah. anyway. So let's move yeah. on to Yoki <laughs> Cespedes because uh, he's another guy like San- Sanchez who has gotten promotions. I mean, a lot of stuff is new to him. Uh, we had a dis- sort of a little discussion on site about like how you know, how professional he's been, how much experience he's been, how fast he should move through the system. I think it's undeniable. And you probably even acknowledge the fact that he's hit the ground running the way he has in the States being off the way he has is still impressive, even though he certainly has more prep than yeah. say a uh, Colson Montgomery, of course. Uh, but the fact that again, he's moved to Birmingham and he seems like he's doing as much or more than he did at Winston-Salem gives you an idea that perhaps he's a guy, even this time next year, he could even be thinking White Sox. Yeah, he's got to continue the pace for the next uh, like month and a couple weeks. Uh, but of course, the cynical White Sox fan in me will be like, well, I'm sure the right fielder will be Mike Rodolfo or Yolke Cespedes, whoever wins the job in uh, spring training next year. Um, of course, I don't know if that's going to happen. But if we were looking at in-house guys that could be starting at right field and forcing Eloy to DH all the time, then these two are guys, these two guys, um, would be um, people to look at if they wanted to uh, platoon with Adam Engel a bit. Um, but I mean, I didn't, you can't really expect much from a guy. Of course he hasn't played. He, well, nobody played last year. And then he also had to go through everything with um, emigrating from Cuba. Um, so he's <laughs> been through a lot yeah. these past couple of years. And even just seeing him do relatively well, um, uh, would have been great, but he's hit the ground running, showed a bunch of power, a bunch of speed early on. It's been really fun. And he's playing center field. I mean, I know we, he was yeah. touted sort of as a right fielder, and that's more because that's what Sox need, but uh, pretty, you know, I mean, for, for given, he went from DHing, like, okay, when is he, is he going to play the field to like, oh, okay, center field. And he's yeah. pretty much primarily center fielder. Not bad. Darren, you're ignoring the fact that, come on, we both know who the right fielder is going to be in 2022. It's Adam Eaton. It's, it's oh, Adam, Adam Eaton. Eaton. Come on. And they're going to get, and here's the good news. They're going to get, Han's going to lock him up on the first day of free agency. Write it down. Write it down. Adam uh, Eaton, the new Scott Budzebnik. <laughs> you just bring him back. Randomly. Sure. Sure. Who cares if we three out like trash in July? Come on back because we need that lefty bat. Uh, okay. Let's jump to uh, Arizona and talk briefly about them before we wind this up. Uh, there's been some uh, some real impressive performances, not even necessarily by guys from the draft class. Um, and uh, certainly, I think primarily has been Wes Cath. He, he really hasn't seemed to sneeze once since he's uh, mm-hmm. started up. Uh, Colson Montgomery has also been, he's not quite at that level, but he's yeah. uh, showed out pretty yeah, well. Okay. Um, guys that have jumped out at you as, as most impressive, because there's a number of names who have, have sort of hit the ground running in Arizona, and, and a couple guys probably even already bumped up to Canapolis. Yeah, I think uh, Future Sox actually went ranked um, the like best batting average ACL guy with uh, Wilfred Barris. Mm. Um, he's a really young guy. He's only 18. So whenever you see uh, one of the reasons we are like really excited about Jose Rodriguez and Brian Ramos is because they're 20 and 19 playing full season ball for the first time and doing well yeah. and age um, doing stuff at a lower age is always much more impressive Um unless you're Rami Gonzalez and prove that you're just better than everybody else mm-hmm. by the time that you move up. Um, but yeah, he, he's showing like a bit more power than his um, stature would say. He's only 180, but he is a first base, third base, third, third base guy. Um, the plate discipline is fine. You expect the walks to fall and K's to go up as you leave rookie ball. Um, but yeah, he's just, he's been good. A 151 WRC plus. Yeah. How cool is it this, that this guy, 
who definitely, I mean, if Jose Rodriguez even maybe wasn't on a few radars and shame on you if, if, if it wasn't before the season. I mean, this is a guy who you can honestly be like, okay, who, what? And he's like been arguably their best player in Arizona. I think he's yeah. had a little bit more time than the draft class, but maybe not. Uh, that's pretty awesome. It's sort of nice that the Sox have, a, especially, well, I guess they only have one Arizona team, Darren, so it's easier to stack yeah. that team. But I mean, it's sort of <laughs> nice that they have abundant talent there. The record doesn't reflect it, but uh, sort of cool that they've got like what seem like some legit bats and, and, and young bats. Yeah, they do. I, I mean, another guy, I, I mean, of course, everyone is really young on this team. Yeah. It's rookie ball. Um, but a guy that's been in the system for a while, Jefferson Mendoza is also there. He's not doing so well this season compared to 2019, um, but the plate discipline is still there and he's a catcher. So if someone is a little bit rated higher in their catcher, um, that's always something you got to watch out for because those guys probably get to the majors uh, uh, more quickly than anybody else just because the amount of injuries they have. Um, but yeah, and then, it's the 2021 draft guys after that. Um, the lineup is pretty fun. We're not going to write off the, the, as you acknowledge, some of the lower level struggling pitchers, Matthew Thompson, Jared Kelly, uh, uh, Drew Dahlquist. Uh, of course, we're not writing them off. It's been a tough season for all of them. I don't think no, there's any yeah. argument around that. But let's take a spin on that. And is there an arm lower in the system to be excited about are there guys that are even showing signs of okay hey these are going to be this is going to be a, a next wave or a wave that catches up to to thompson kelly dahlquist um <laughs> <laughs> you can say no <laughs> uh, well besides the 2021 draftees like uh tanner mcdougall like a guy like that sean burke uh not really um, I mean, there are some guys that you can, uh, that are, if you look at scouting reports are projectable, like maybe they figure out something like a Christian Mena, um, mm-hmm. who started out pretty well on his good K number still. He's just, uh, got hit around a ton. Um, he's got 52 hits allowed and 35 in a third inning, which is obviously not very good, mm-hmm. but he could be a projectable guy, yeah. but not really anything on the younger side. If I lost my mind, Darren, or was Ronaldo Guzman really good in the DSL? And obviously he's struggling this year. Am I thinking of a different guy? Yeah. No, see, I was like really excited to see how you would, how you would do um, in Arizona compared to, or I guess I wasn't sure where he would start at the beginning right. of the season with no great falls. Um, but now he went from a guy who the walk numbers were fine um obviously it was the dsl so maybe the strike zone was just maybe not fantastic but he's <laughs> walking over 12 batters per nine innings it's really horrendous it's yeah. really like he looked like a guy that could be fine because he was 16 doing that in the dsl which is impressive but now at 18 missed a year he's lost his command because now i'm scared i mean we got norhe vera coming he'll be in the states you know next year and you expect all right he's going to just cut through the minors like butter but then it's like okay wait ronaldo guzman i was sort of i mean i know it's not the same guy at all but it's like wait you know yeah. the numbers would indicate i mean Nor- norhe vera would be lucky to have his numbers like ronaldo guzman um this in, in his first year at dsl uh, so, I mean, now, now I'm like, I'm gun shy. Now I'm scared that any guy that comes over the DSL yeah. who showed pretty well in the Dominican is, is going to struggle. Cause that's a, I, I mean, I, what, he's been so bad. I thought, well, wait, I, I do I have the wrong, am I remembering the wrong guy, but no, that's, that's the guy. And that's, yeah, it's, that's so, why I have a tough time kind of like, I know Dawquist Thompson and Kelly have all been like, like I mean, they've been terrible. That's, 
the that's yeah. just what how they've been. But I just have a huge problem because they're so young, and no year last year. I just I wouldn't be surprised if these guys were just like, oh, we're actually good again next year, mm-hmm. and played more like their 2019 either projected stats or um, or how they actually played in Ronaldo Guzman's case. Um, but we just, I mean, if 2021 is a lost year, it's lost year, but, um, some people still have found a way to fight through that. Um, it's just all been on the hitting side. The pitching has just not seen that. Yeah. Just cause some guys have hit the ground running. Some guys have, have, have stepped up, uh, uh, despite the lost season, uh, mm-hmm. we won't know until this time next year, how some yeah, of those guys true. really did, uh, bounce back And you're right. Very easily those top, I mean, there's a reason they're so highly, rated so uh, of course nobody is writing yep. these guys yeah, off even as we hard. acknowledge a, a lost season so you're right it could be as much as just getting back into the routine uh getting some shaking some rust off the full season ball is huge uh and and yeah i mean it might be a lot to ask that you know all all three um are not going to disappoint but the idea that all three of them are uh, clearly, you know, they're just done is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, so let's yeah. just hope that assuming all of them are going to be repeating Canapolis, uh, or at least maybe starting there, let's just hope yeah. that <laughs> Darren's like, uh, they might go backwards, buddy, but, uh, yeah. uh <laughs> you know, uh, but yeah, uh, but it's okay. The answer uh, essentially is no, and that's fine. Uh, you know, because know. we sort of know that there really, there really isn't, there are some, there are some bullpen arms or there are some even starters who may end up projecting bullpen arms. It's not to say there's not an arm in the system, but wow, it's as close as I can probably remember remember since doing anything like this for four years now. And that's, that's tough because uh, there's just not a lot of, I mean, here, the good news is Darren, there's an off season after this year, no matter world series or bust, there's an off season where you could do something about that. Now I don't know that they're going to do that. Anything about that, unless maybe they're going to sign Adam Eaton as a pitcher. They could use a left hand, you know, who knows because clearly they're getting eaten back. I mean, there's just, there's no doubt about it. He's a priority. Uh, but you know, there's something you can do about that, whether it's Rodan, whether that you can bolster in ways other than calling guys up from Charlotte or Birmingham. I hope the White Sox follow that strategy because seems like, I mean, seems like they could, I don't, I don't yeah. think there's any rule. There's no penalty that they've had, um, imposed on them where they're not allowed to like sign like legitimate major league starters or anything. Oh. Right. Okay. I, I think there might be some sort of penalty. Yeah, they're they're, they're behaving. Like that. Well, uh, let's hope they take a look. Let's hope they're listening to this podcast and saying, hey, you know what? These guys are, Darren is right. He's wearing Expo's cap. I don't know what's up with that, but you know, he's right. Yeah. We just well, don't have much in the Jerry's system. Jerry's going to move so, him to Montreal. Like oh, he tried to move him to Tampa, yeah. so he can't spend money. Yeah, really. Hey, it's the exchange rate, guys. <laughs> He'll just learn to say that in French. Uh, all right, well, uh, let's wind up this podcast number 15 thank you for joining me again darren uh we breezed through i think mostly some highlights i know we talked about some um um dearth areas as well but hey you know when you have the worst system in the majors there's gonna be some uh yeah uh some rough patches but uh, we'll be back next week to talk about probably some highlights uh romy rami gonzalez continuing to like crush as a knight or gilbert sanchez getting the surprise call up to the major there'll be something crazy um but um Again, quickly before we go, I guess, uh, who are your, I guess it's just two guys who are going to get added to the major league roster. Who would be your prediction next Um, week to get added? So I think Billy Hamilton is going to magically get over his Mm. injury on September 1st. 
All right. Um, and then just because they've been bringing up uh, most of their moves have been bringing up starters. I'm going to go with Jimmy Lambert as the pitcher. Um, uh, and I'm still hoping they just release Jake Lamb and bring up Berger or Sheets to maybe be on the playoff roster. Um, definitely on September, but maybe on the playoff. Um, I don't know the point of Jake Lamb anymore. Um, but definitely Billy Hamilton gets over his injury and Jimmy Lambert comes up and then probably starts a couple of games. And then once they do release J- Jake Lamb, so you can bring up uh, Jake Berger, then Luis Gal- Gonzalez is out in San Francisco really saying, are you serious? Yeah. You got rid of me for like three weeks and 10 at bats from Jake Lamb. Oh my God. But Hey, that'll be something to talk about in a week or two. Uh, thanks for joining me again, Darren. Thanks everybody as always for listening and reading uh, all of Darren's great stuff and the rest of our minors team, including even reluctantly me on Saturdays. Uh, and uh, sometimes even for watching. So uh, thanks everybody for that. Thanks Darren for being with me and uh, maybe I'll call you. Oh, who knows? Maybe Monday next week. Yeah. I'm done. All right, everybody. See you then. Uh, We'll probably talk to you again. Miners wise next Tuesday. Thanks for listening.